Thank you, worship team, and thank you, too, as well, for that wonderful singing. I heard a bit of harmony. Did anybody hear a bit of harmony with the Gloria? That's wonderful. Merry Christmas to you all. Thank you for joining us here at one of our Christmas Eve services, and thank you as well to those joining us online. Tonight, we are celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. There are many things this Christmas time that we can celebrate. We can celebrate time with friends and family. Uh, we can celebrate food, gifts, and even music, rocking around the Christmas tree. Uh, for those of you that have kids, hopefully, hopefully they're just rocking around it and they're not pulling it down. Uh, but there are lots of things we can celebrate. But tonight, hear the good news. Hear the greatest thing that you could celebrate in your life the birth of the Christ child for you. Tonight, I'd like to take just a few moments and speak on, from the Christmas story, the declarations of the angels. At Christmas, and that first Christmas, we think of Mary and Joseph and the shepherds, and then a little later on, the wise men. But there were angels, too, at that birth. And so tonight, I'd like to direct your attention to the declarations of the angels for you. Luke tells us in his account of the birth of Jesus that Mary and Joseph have traveled from Nazareth down to Bethlehem. The reason they made that journey was because Caesar Augustus, Octavian, the first emperor of Rome, had issued a census. The census was given because they needed a head count so people could be taxed, so the Roman army could be paid, and so the kingdom of Rome could expand. And so Joseph, being of the line of David, goes to David's hometown to Bethlehem. And Luke tells us that while they're there, Mary gives birth to her firstborn, a son, wraps him in claws, and lays him in a manger in a feeding trough because there is no room for them in the inn. And then we pick it up in verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Just outside of Bethlehem, where Mary and Joseph were with baby Jesus, there were shepherds in the field nearby. Shepherds that looked after their sheep, that fed their sheep, that, that led their sheep, protected their sheep. Shepherds that were doing boring work, tedious work, dirty work. They're out in the fields nearby when an angel appears to them. An angel pierces the night sky and the glory of the Lord, probably a bright light, surrounded them. And here is this angel that stood before them. And the first words of the angel were not, wake up, but rather, fear not. Angels are created spiritual beings, and they have purposes that God created them for. They are found at certain intervals, key events during God's story. And here an angel appears to them with a message, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. That I am bringing news for every single person on earth and every single person 
that hears the good news, that understands it and believes it and embraces it, they will find themselves with a great joy. What is that good news that the angel was to bring? Today, verse 11, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Born today is the Savior, the one who will save you from your sins. The one born today, yes, will show you God, and yes, will show you how to live. But the one born today has come to save you from your sins. If you're here tonight on Christmas Eve, and you're not real familiar with the story of God in his sacred holy word, it goes like this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and he created you and me, and we are the pinnacle of his creation. You matter to God more than anything you can see. And God has revealed to us that because he's a God of love, he has to give us free will. He cannot force his love on us. We have to either respond and choose his love, or we can walk away from him and refuse his love. And God has revealed to us that we have all walked away from him, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And for the wages of sin is death that we live in a broken, fallen world because when we sin, death and suffering and evil was introduced into our world. And that's why today we find ourselves in a broken, messed up world. But this God who made you and me loves us so much that he promised to send someone to save us. The angel says to these shepherds, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. He's the promised one that God had promised the first man and the first woman after they sinned that someone would come from her line that would crush the head of the evil one, that would defeat sin and death and the grave, that God had promised that this someone would be born in Bethlehem, that a ruler would be, would be raised up in Bethlehem, This God had promised that the sins of people would be laid on him and that he would suffer and die. He is the Savior the Messiah, the Lord. That not only is the Savior here and the, and the Messiah, but the Lord, God himself, the creator of all things, the one who rules over all things, is here. He has come. He is born. Maybe you're here tonight and you would say, I probably believe in God. But when it comes to the idea of angels and a virgin birth and then a star and the other supernatural miracles supposedly in Scripture, uh, that's where you lose me. It's just not quite logical enough for me. But if God created the world and all things, and by the way, if we don't believe God created all things. The ball is in our court to give an explanation because we know matter is not eternal. That at one time there was nothing, and something doesn't come from nothing. 
If you think or we think it does, we don't understand the concept of nothingness. There was nothing at one time. Where did something come from? And not only something, something that is so incredibly complex that today in science we're still trying to figure out more and more the complexity of all that's been made. The ball is in our court. But if there's a God who made all things, it's not irrational to believe that he can create angels, fish and birds and human beings and, oh, angels. It's not irrational to believe that he can create a birth of a baby that was born of a virgin. In fact, it's illogical to believe that he couldn't. The miracle of miracles is not a virgin giving birth. It's not an angel. Those are trivial. The miracle of miracles is that God who made all things came into his creation. The Lord is born. God, who has no beginning and no end, has taken upon himself human flesh. He's in the manger. Friends, do not miss this tonight on this Christmas Eve, that the declaration of this angel and this baby is to you. Right where you are seated, 2,000 years removed from that birth, the angel is declaring to you a savior a Messiah, your Lord has been born to you. We ask the question why, if God's making an entrance into his creation, into his world, why didn't he enter and go to Rome, which was the, the political capital of the world in that day? Why didn't he go to Athens, which was the economic capital? Why didn't he go to uh, Alexandria in Egypt, which was the educational capital, or even Jerusalem, which was the religious capital, because God wanted to make a point that this baby is not just for the political elite in Rome, or the wealthy in Athens, or the educated in Alexandria, or even the religious in Jerusalem. This baby is for everyone. For even shepherds that were marginalized and at the bottom of the ladder, this declaration is for everyone. To you right where you're seated, God through this angel is saying to you, I've come for you. To the rich, to the poor, to the billionaires and to the homeless, to the young, to the old, to the single, to the married, to the religious, to the irreligious, to those that identify as straight, gay, lesbian, transgender, or something else, to those that identify as Christian, Buddhist, Hindu, Muslim, agnostic, atheist, or something else, to those that have been hurt, to those who have been sexually abused, to those who have had a terrible upbringing, to those who are struggling with depression and uh, bipolar disorder or any other disorder, to those that are full of shame and self-hatred. God came to you. To those that have things going for them, to those who have lots of money, to those who have seen their dreams come true and yet still know that something's missing. God has come 
to you. God is declaring through this angel, he has come to you and for you. Hear the declaration tonight that God sees you, desires you, pursues you, has sent an angel to declare to you, this baby is for you. Do you understand how big this is? This is the greatest news you could ever hear, that your creator has come into his creation to you and for you. C.S. Lewis, who was an atheist and then later put his faith in Jesus Christ, looking at people that were all caught up in the things of this world, wrote these words, we are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered to us like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. And then he goes on to say this, we are far too easily pleased. If we're living for the weekend, if we're living for our career, if we're living for sports, if we're living to get tickets to the Taylor Swift concert, if we're living for our family as good as those things are, our desires are not too strong. They're too weak. We're too easily satisfied. It takes so little to please us. Here tonight, you were not made to simply live three score and ten years and then die and struggle through a broken world. You were made for the ocean. There's an offer of God, your creator, saying to you, I've come to save you so you can be with me. Friends, tonight, stop making mud pies. Live for him. There is an eternal life that is offered to you. And Luke tells us that that angel was suddenly joined by a number of angels. Verse 13, suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. The angels were praising God and saying, that's where we get the idea that the angels were singing uh, we know that the angels, created beings, were singing at creation, Job 38. We know that they are singing at the end of the story in Revelation chapter 5, when evil is one day dealt with, the Lamb is on the throne, and the new age and new creation is ushered in. Are they singing here? I'd like to think that they were. But the angels are declaring two more things, not only that a Savior has been born, but glory to God in the highest. This God is most worthy of all your glory, your honor, your adoration. He is worthy of your life. He is worthy of all things, not just because of who he is, he's your creator, but because of what he has now done for you. He has come to this world to save you. Glory to God in the highest. For all of our young people, this is where life is found. It's in God, it's in a relationship with him. That's the purpose of life. Young people, don't buy the scripts that are out there. We have lots of scripts, lots of narratives in our day, in different countries. Here's who you are. Here's what life's about. Here's what we think about God or gods. Don't follow those scripts. The one in the West today is the, the uh, you know, um, self-creation story, that there's no God out there. Your God, 
You decide who you're going to be. You decide how you're going to live. You live however you want to live, your truth, all of that. Where does that road take you? Where does that script end up? There's no hope. There's no joy. There's no peace with that script. God is offering to all of us a different story, a story where life is about him coming to save us. Glory to God in the highest heavens. And then the last declaration of the angels, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. That glory to God, the angels are praising God, that there is peace available to everyone because this child that was born would be the savior of the world, that he would grow up to die on a cross for our sins so we could be forgiven and be reconciled with God and have peace with God and live with him forever and ever. And the person who receives that gift by faith and says, I receive Jesus as my Savior and Lord, I believe in what he did for me on the cross, God's favor rests on that person. Tonight here, the declaration of the angels that a Savior has been born to you. It's the greatest thing we could ever celebrate. And if you do not know the one who has brought us peace, his name is Jesus. And not only is peace in a person, but as you unwrap that gift, you discover that love is in a person and joy and hope, and ultimately, he is the answer to all of your questions. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. We're going to pray in just a moment. Before we do, we're going to sing two carols together, and the first one is Hark, the herald angels sing. Hark, uh, listen to, pay attention to, herald the declaration or the announcement of the angels. We're going to sing together. Uh, this song that we're going to sing was written about 300 years ago in 1739 by Charles Wesley, who, who wrote this as a poem about a year after he put his faith in Jesus, and it was to be read on Christmas Day. Uh, a little later, about 15 or so years later, his friend George Whitfield adopt, adapted that poem into the song we know today. It was then set uh, to uh, music composed by Mendelssohn, and then Mariah Carey took it and put it on her Christmas album, and the rest is history. Would you join with me as we join the angels? Hark, the herald angels sing. <laughs> 